Good afternoon, Dr. Gary here on the road. We sell dental practices nationwide. Today's topic is, seller asks the question, what is the difference between a proposal, comma, a letter of intent, comma, and a contract when selling a dental office? We'll get into the details about that now. As you know, we've been, um, I was a dentist for 25 years, and now for the past 12 years, we've had the dental practice brokerage, nationwide dentalpracticebrokers.com, and we have 10 employees. We're in 27 states advertising, and we have two CPA accountants, marketing director, operations director, and five development acquisition uh, specialists. So we're here to help you. Our contact phone number is 201-663-0935. Our email, or excuse me, our website is dentalpracticeguide.com. Excuse me, I put my glasses on. It's too bright for me. Um, and then Nationwide Dental Practice Brokers. Well, call us anytime if you have a question or whatever. It's 201-663-0935. The information you're about to hear is for entertainment purposes only. Now, if you're thinking about selling to a DSO, now please give us a call because uh, they will often pay our commission, so therefore there would be no commission for you. We know how to pick and choose the best DSOs who work in the biggest ones in the country. But we know how to pick and choose. We know about each one because we work with them on a contract basis, uh, negotiating with contracts, you know, over, uh, you know, working with the attorneys as the attorneys uh, negotiate. We're involved in every aspect of the deal. So please give us a ring, and we're more than happy to help you in any way we can. So the information today is, or the topic is, the proposal compared to the letter of intent compared to the contract. You know, what is the difference with these things? And I'll try to explain it. Now, we just had a deal prior to the letter of intent. I don't get too many, so to speak, proposals. But a proposal is nearly a guideline, either written or verbal, a guideline of what where you think these deal is going. You know, if you're a DSO, you may give one saying, look, our expectations you're going to stay on for three years we're going to be an X number of dollar amount we're going to hold back this much and we do want the accounts receivable I mean that's about what a proposal is you're only proposing the ideas it's certainly not binding but it saves everybody a little bit of time especially the DSO they say look this is where we think we're heading at this price this is the hold back this is the number of years this is your expected return on your holdback money, and just a rough, rough, vague idea of how the deal is heading. If the buyer, and that just happened to one of my deals, if the buyer approves this and says, okay, you know, I think we're in the ballpark, this non-binding proposal, written or verbal, is now transposed into a, let's call it, official letter of intent. A letter of intent is a non-binding letter. It spells out with some level of detail what the purchase price is, how much money is being held back, if any at all, what the expectations are. Let's say there's a rent or something and the seller holds the uh, uh, 
about real estate, you may say, you may put in there, look, we need a 10-year lease and X number of dollars a lease. Again, a letter of intent is non-binding also. However, it can have information in there that you generally, if you're going to agree to it, generally, most of that information is getting transposed to the contract, which is binding. Historically, when the letter of intent comes out and you negotiate, I do suggest negotiating with your attorney. That's when your attorney should step in, letter of intent. Even though it's a non-binding document, get your attorney involved. If the deal falls apart, it was worth paying the attorney a few thousand dollars to help guide, uh, negotiate, and uh, put comments in on the letter of intent. I know some of the attorneys will make the letter of intent sort of a mini contract, and they'll add all their key points in. So now that gives us a basis to form the contract itself. Proposal non-binding. Letter of intent non-binding. Contract binding. So this letter of intent is non-binding concept um, document that has most of the guts of the practice contract in it. So you'll sort of agree it's going to have price, the number of years you're going to work. It's going to have what your compensation as a uh, employee is going to be. Or if it's a private sale, you may not have all that because you're really not going to work there at all possibly. So in a private sale, it could be a different story. But either way, this is something that you should uh, you should request a letter of intent. If somebody's serious, let them get a letter of intent to you. And as I mentioned, most of the time we're going to keep the letter of intent as a, uh, a working document that you create your, uh, your contract from. So you sign the letter of intent, hand it back to this uh, buyer, and now you basically have a handshake agreement because it's not binding. You got a handshake agreement to now proceed to contract. Once the contract is completed, it could be signed at closing. It could be signed before closing. Um, generally, as you when you sign the contract, you should be closing that day or, or close to it, um, depending on the attorney, the state laws, what the attorney have suggested. Uh, many, many, many of our deals are now done by. Uh, uh, internet and virtual closing, paperless. There is no, you're not sitting down across from the table. Kind of getting away from that nowadays. So, there's no official meeting. You have your letter of intent, non-binding. Uh, the seller's attorney, historically, seller's attorney, and I'm going to make a tape on that. Uh, seller's attorney, uh, historically, should be writing the lease. So, they're writing the dental contract. All right, because they're representing you, the seller. So your attorney will write the dental attorney uh, seller's contract for the sale of the dental office. Now the contract itself, if it's a DSO, you're talking like 30, 40 pages. If it's a private doctor, maybe maybe 18 pages. Uh, but they'll go through it, and that's how this whole system works. Proposal, letter of intent, dental contract. You sign the dental con, you get together, you have the closing, it's done virtually, and the practice becomes yours. The next day you start working, or the same day you start working, and it should work out quite well. But the difference with those three documents, or just as I uh, uh, explained just now, I just be aware of that. All right?
even at the letter of intent stage, it knows you. We know you're moving forward, but you're not there yet. Until that doctor signs the actual contract, you're still not there. And even when they sign the contract, if you haven't officially closed yet, a little word, uh, you know, warning there, you still haven't officially closed. So be aware of that. Great talking to you. Have a wonderful weekend. We got some sun and fun coming up.